Welcome everyone, this is the Rosecut October market update. Uh, there's been a lot going on, it's been a busy year and uh, I think it's fair to say that the mini budget here in the UK has uh, <laughs> stirred up a bit of a hornet's nest, Mike. Uh, what, what have you made of the uh, going on in market? Yeah, that, that's true and I think the backdrop couldn't have been worse because it, it, in a way it's this which I think policy mistake is a, is a, is a fair way to, uh, to term it, comes at the end of a long process of political turmoil in the UK with Brexit, multiple changes at the head of the Tory party, uh, very sluggish economy, and then the international backdrop is quite uh, volatile to say the least of that. Um, higher inflation, high rates have been putting pressure on bond markets, a severe lack of liquidity out there. Um, and, and what this did, I think it was sort of, in, in many ways, it was the last straw that's broken the credibility of the government and to an extent the pound and, and gilts. There's a very good chart that a former uh, member of the Bank of England is circulating where they pinpoint the time of the, the last uh, Bank of England MPC meeting, then followed by the budget, which triggered the, the spike in, in yields. And the reason you have that chart flying around is that there is a dispute between the Bank of England and the government as to who is at fault here. And I think the consensus is that it's the government, the Bank of England has been forced to mop up the bond market effectively. And that's actually triggered a uh, quite a dangerous uh, structural element in the in the pension market, where uh, you know I guess pension funds um, ha have suffered big risks on their on their bond portfolios, which I think um, Dan has, has led to more more uh, market volatility. Yes, absolutely. I think there's been a few articles in the press that people might have picked up on a, on this pensions point. So let's clarify a couple of important bits first for private clients. These pensions are the defined benefit pensions, the ones that most of uh, our audience will uh, not be eligible for uh, because Felton and his final salary pension schemes and be very generous. And that's different to, say, a self-invested personal pension, which is the type of pension that we offer here at Rosecut. And the reason it's been problematic for these uh, defined benefit pension schemes is they do something called liability-driven investing. So they try to match all of these long-dated liabilities with stuff like inflation-linked government bonds. And the problems come about because, as you say, the mini-budget really started to get uh, the bond market moving. Uh, and when I say moving, what I'm talking about here is the yield on UK government bonds started to go up. Uh, I mean, it costs the government more to borrow money, etc. That means that bond prices were falling because it, there's an inverse relationship between yield and price. Uh, and when these prices started to move, the pension funds had margin calls. And put simply, this means they had to put more money in to show, um, as, how can I put it, in, in terms of collateral. They had to find more collateral. So they had to start selling bonds, and they probably had to start selling other assets as well. So this might have even impacted on the US market, for example, because they'll hold US equities. And when you convert those back to sterling, they've actually done okay here today. So that's where I think a lot of the volatilities come from, uh, as well as the general backdrop as well with uh, the dollar being strong, etc. And um, Andrew Bailey, who's the head of the Bank of England, uh, just yesterday, well, recording this on the 13th of October for reference, uh, he came out and said, listen guys, you pension funds, you've got three days to finish your selling. 
and that really put a cat among the pigeons, uh, which is an old-fashioned English saying, which I had to find there. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's coming up is the Q3 earnings, so US companies reporting. Uh, Mike, we were talking just before we started about Pepsi, which is the first major company to uh, say something. Yeah, it, it is, and, and um, actually the results from Pepsi weren't, weren't bad at all. They've actually uh, improved or increased the guidance on, on Ford revenues. And they're one of the companies that's managed to pass on a lot of the price increases they've suffered. And this is interesting because I think the, the market backdrop at the moment is, is extremely bearish. You know, if you look at a range of volatility measures for equities and in particular for bonds, they're at historically high levels. So there's a, an index called the Move Index, which shows the, the volatility of the bond market. In recent history, when it has been as pronounced or as high as this, the central banks, the Fed in particular, have actually kind of been, been induced to uh, to intervene in bond markets. So that, that gives, I think, people a sense of the stresses that are out there. And I think we're kind of poised dangerously at the moment where that kind of stress produces a, a breakage in the financial system. You know, the UK pension market is a good example. Or uh, it suggests that markets are fearfully priced and we now get a bounce back as some of the earnings come through and they're not as bad as expected. And maybe also we get a, a lower than expected inflation readings and it takes some of the uh, the heat out of uh, out of markets. So I think you know from from where we we are, we are today, we're we're kind of poised at a uh, a delicate place. Um, and and I think on balance on balance, um, I think you'd see people looking to to buy risky assets in the short term here. And that's an interesting call. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm in the short term. Feeling yes. Okay. There's a big caveat there. <laughs> I think we sh we should say that we are, we're we're quite happy with how we've done this year. We've been quite cautious, and we've managed to sidestep a lot of the volatility. We've had energy equities as well in the portfolio. So to to a degree, I think Dan, we can we can sort of be happy with where we are. Yes, yeah, so I think we've probably touched upon the concept of bear market values a, a few times in these podcasts this year, uh, and there's always these counter trend moves where markets you know, go up five or 10% and, and everybody starts to ask himself, is, is this a big turning point in markets? Uh, and they're really tricky to navigate because they can suck you back in before markets drop again. Yeah. Uh, and it could be something like the US inflation number which comes out today, you know, draws people back in. Um, but yeah, we, we try not to, <laughs> to play the short term moves because they're so tricky to call. Yeah. The energy sector is an interesting point to touch upon because we have the midterm elections in the US coming up next month. It's fair to say that it would be beneficial to certain parties if the oil price was low, uh, but OPEC are not really playing ball on that score. And they came out with a cut to their quotas. So I think it was about 2 million barrels a day they said they were going to uh, cut. Now, in fairness, I don't think they've actually been hitting production levels. It means they could cut 2 million barrels, but it's it does sort of signal that OPEC's not about to help out President Biden yeah. in uh, the elections. And if they end up with the Republicans uh, doing particularly well, this could have an impact over the next couple of years in terms of how easy it is to get fiscal stimulus for in the US. So that's something to watch. It is plenty of politics, geopolitics. Of course, we have the uh, war in Ukraine as well, uh, unrest in Iran. Um, and uh, uh, I think a much more difficult relationship between the US and Saudi Arabia. So 
many of those things support uh, higher oil prices for the for the time being. Yeah, so that remains probably the, the one part of the market that we're still a bit <laughs> constructive on. Uh, just to sum up where we are in portfolios, as, as Mike touched upon earlier, uh, we're still defensively positioned, as uh, so we've got lots of cash set aside. But when we do see that big turning point and we can start reinvesting that money, but for now, that's caution is still forward. Yeah. Okay. Thank you everyone for listening in and thank you Mike for joining us. Okay, thanks Dan. Talk soon.